This episode of Check the Locks is brought to you by our friends at Audible. Audible is your one-stop shop for audio entertainment where you can always find the best of what you love or discover something new. That's right. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre, from mysteries, thrillers, biographies, and of course, true crime. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month from their catalog to keep forever, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Audible members also get access to thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, exclusive new series, and this very podcast you're listening to now. Plus, the Audible app makes it easy to listen anytime, anywhere. While traveling, working out, walking the dog, doing chores, Audible makes listening anywhere easy. And best of all, Check the Locks listeners can try Audible for free for 30 days. So head over to audibletrial.com slash check the locks or click the link in the show notes to start enjoying Audible today. Warning, Check the Locks podcast is a true crime podcast and may contain graphic descriptions of violence, murder, sexual assault, and more. Check the Locks podcast is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome back to Check the Locks Presents True Crime for the Short on Time. As always, I'm John Connor. I'm Olivia Cornu. Saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another truly terrifying bite-sized true crime case. Before we get started, as always, Olivia, we were off Monday. We'll talk about that in a minute here. But how are you? How have you been? How has your week been? You know, nothing too exciting happening here. My week's been pretty good. Can't complain. Um, the weather's been great. It's been like sp- true springtime, you know, low to mid-70s sunshiny weather so I can't complain and I'm off right now so you know soaking up some sunshine how about you I know it's been a little rough at y'all's house it has been rough but I will say we experienced nice weather as well today it actually dropped down to like 35 which was weird yeah I think that's coming tonight for us it just seemed like it went from being beautiful to all of a sudden it was like damn dude it's cold outside but Mm -hmm. strep throat hit our home which You know, if you're a parent listening and you have kids, you know that that is awful. So I definitely apologize for missing the Monday episode. Usually, like if she's sick, I can get her to bed and stuff like that. But she was just up all night and we looked at the back of her throat. She had all these little red dots and we were immediately like, oh, no, hand, foot, mouth. She's got hand, foot, mouth because we didn't see in the white, you know. Yeah. And we took her to the doctor and thankfully it was strep throat. So she's on medicine and doing better now. But the last couple of days I've been home with her and you know, when you're little and you get any kind of like real sick, it's, you're just miserable. It's like man flu. Yeah. No, you're okay. crying. No, you are a hundred percent right. <laughs> My wife, Kara has sympathy for me for like the first two days and I'm sick. And after that, she's like, stop being a baby, quit it. So she's feeling better and it's, it's good because we're getting back into normal and stuff like that. And I was really excited to dive into this week short on time because I had never heard of the story and I'm really excited to get into it to you because I've actually got some 911 call clips to play, Ooh, which I always I like love those. when we get a chance to do that. Mm. But 
I'm interested to see if you've heard of this because again, this is just kind of, it's just crazy. Like I couldn't believe I'd never heard of it, especially because of where it takes place. So I don't know. I know I'm short on time. You're short on time. Should we quit with the Gabby Gabby, get with the stabby stabby and jump into this week's case? Yeah, let's get started. Let's do it. For this week's short on time, we are actually hanging out here in the Nashville area. On Friday, November 7th, 2014, a Springfield, Tennessee man called 911 at 2.45 a.m. And what he told the dispatcher was horrifying. Now one location of your emergency. Yeah, two four six five zero nine. In Springfield. Y B S C A L E. You're in Springfield. Yeah, Springfield, Tennessee. It's uh, right behind Oakland Farms. Okay, what's going on? All right, this is what's happened. Um, been married twelve years. On, on, on the 4th, which would have been two nights ago at 4 a.m., um, I shot my wife in the temple of her head. I thought I'd killed her. And um, I put her in the freezer out in the garage. I checked on her at night, and she's not dead. Um, she's uh, got a big hole in the temple of her head. And um, um, to get her body moved around in there, I think I broke her wrist. You know, she was frozen from being in the in the thing. She's been in the thing 48 hours now. Uh, this, this is no prank call. I need somebody to get out there and help. I've cleared. I've cleared the premises. I've got away. You know, I'm not going to be there. Um, but I, I promise you this is a legit call and I need somebody to get out there and help her because I, I, I still love her. It's, it's hard, hard to believe. The caller would later be identified as 45-year-old Joseph Leonard Parker. Police were immediately dispatched to the home and when they made their way to the garage, they made a gruesome discovery. There, in the freezer, was the partially dismembered body of 44-year-old Samantha Parker. The scene seemed to have been at least partially cleaned up, so police couldn't tell exactly how long the victim had been there. But one thing was clear. There was no sign of Joseph Parker. However, his call to 911 seemed to give some insight into what happened between the couple that night. Okay, what is your name? Uh, my name is Joe. I'm just leaving Don't want me to get arrested tonight and all that. So uh, we we don't have a history of domestic disputes. You know, we've never had to call the police or nothing. We just had a real bad night a couple of nights ago. We waving the gun around. Parker then asked for rescue services to be dispatched to his home, describing how he had been able to communicate with his severely injured wife. Um, but I left the front door open, and she's in the garage to go through the 
kitchen to get into the garage. And you'll see her once you get in the garage. And, and she's a mess. She can't talk. I could get her to blink. Blink once means yes. Blink twice means no. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, so I told her, Go around the road, 10, 15 miles, and we'll call 911 and get you some help out here. I, I thought she'd been dead two days. And when I checked on her, she was still alive. She's been frozen for two days. She's frozen solid. It's amazing. She's still alive. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. In the call, Parker told police that he was driving to Chattanooga but police were suspicious. This is because sometimes a suspect will lie about their whereabouts in an attempt to throw off the authorities. And when the police pinged Parker's phone, they found that their gut had been right. According to the trace, Parker was still in the Nashville area and a warrant was issued for his arrest. Now, at this time, word of what happened had spread around the couple's community. Neighbors described Joseph Parker as a quiet and stern man and many said that Samantha Parker rarely left the home. Now, later in the day, Parker would be added to the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation's top 10 list, and a massive search was underway for the suspect. Parker was now being hunted by the U.S. Marshals, the TBI, and the Kentucky State Police. At this time, Parker was traveling north on I-65 towards the Tennessee-Kentucky border. And as the Kentucky State Police were searching, they spotted a vehicle matching their suspect's description at around mile marker 12. And when the state police approached, they knew the chase was over. Inside the vehicle was the body of Joseph Parker, and he had died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Sadly, along with Joseph, went any hope of understanding what led to Samantha's brutal murder. Now, one year later, on November 7, 2015, a vigil was held in remembrance of Samantha, and it was there that the couple's daughter, Mackenzie, spoke, saying that, through God's grace, she had learned to forgive. Today, I find myself missing both of them equally, she said. A lot of people ask me why I'm not angry, to which Mackenzie responds, they showed me what I would like to have in a marriage someday. Friends remembered Samantha discussing her love of Alabama football shouting Roll Tide as they release balloons in her memory. So that's this week's Short on Time. What do you think, Olivia? Where's your head at? What in the world, John? 
What in the world? I mean, I'm going to go medical here for a minute, okay? I take care of people with brain injuries, and sometimes you have to make them very cold, and you basically just make their bodies, like we do a study where we take the temperature down to 33 degrees. And so you're trying to like take away the demand of the brain, you know, slow it down. And then these people, we slowly warm them up and, you know, they come to and do things and they usually say, I was real cold. I'm real cold. But like to think that you can put somebody in a freezer, which we did our math the other day with temperatures with freezers, mm-hmm. I believe, where it was like 30 or what was it? 31 degrees. Yeah. Cause to freeze the freezing point is 32 degrees. 32, Celsius, so yeah. it has to be below that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, we're taking them down to nothing and then we slowly rewarm them. But like if he was going and checking on her in the freezer, like was there, and she was blinking and people do do that. Like I communicate with patients, like blink one, look up, look down, you know, that kind of thing. But I am just so baffled as to how like he's like, she's blinking her eyes. I did this two days ago. I thought she was dead. Turns out my wife has a big gunshot wound to her head and is in my freezer. What? Like, I'm just shocked. I don't even know. This is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen or heard, I should say. Yeah. And it's just wild. It's a wild story. And like, we don't know why. And that's what bothers me. Yeah. And that was another thing that really kind of stuck out to me because in the 911 call, it, you know, it, he says that they've been married for 12 years and they don't have any history of domestic violence in their research. There had never been any cops called anything like that. And he just said, I had a, you know, we had a really bad night and I was waving the gun around. And so it's just kind of scary to think that like this couple has been together 12 years and right. And then his daughter was like, Hey, there was a lot of stuff in their marriage that I was like, this is what I want. So that leads me to believe that like it typically wasn't a violent relationship or to some degree that it was normal. So for something like this to just happen. And I think the other thing, and I I wanted to see what you thought about this, but it is just kind of bone chilling to me how calm he is on this 911 call. Yeah. That's what I was about to say next. It's like, I wonder if he had some form of psychosis and like the, the amount, like the flat affect that he had on the 911 call is like, yeah. You know, I put her in the freezer. I thought, you know, she'd been dead for two days. It was almost just like so disconnected from himself that it was just like, it was just like, yeah, this is what I did. And it was almost like just no remorse. I mean, obviously he felt bad. He killed himself and took his life from it. But it was almost like something had to have clicked and he just didn't sound like what he would probably normally sound like, you know, just so flat and sounded so disconnected. I don't know. Just thinking about killing my partner, then putting him in the freezer and then going back two days later and just being like, Oh my God, you're alive and you're frozen solid Mm -hmm. and you can still communicate. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that is, I mean, that's a nightmare. That's a nightmare scenario to be like, I'm here. I know what's going on. I'm freezing. I can't say anything. I can't ask for help, but I'm totally aware of what's happening. Like that's nightmare fuel for sure. For like, did you find anything in the research that said like they got her to the hospital or was she like dead when they actually got there? You know, what happened next? Do we know? Yeah. So in the 911 call, by the time the police got there, mm-hmm. uh, they, um, by the time the police got there, she was already passed away. Oh, 
point. So they just didn't make it in time. But he also said that he drove like an hour up the road. And right. uh, again, going through, you know, another thing is like, even though she was still alive, her body was partially dismembered. So, right. you know, he's saying like, hey, I still love her and I need, I know she needs help. But at the same time, he went out there, found that she was still alive and was like trying to take her limbs off, you know? So right. it's just. He's like, I broke a wrist. Yeah. It's yeah. just bizarre. It's like, what happened? What happened? And especially with a seemingly like normal couple up until that point. Yeah. It just makes me, it's one of those things we talk about all the time, but like, we're never going to know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? We won't get the answer. And, and I feel like, you know, for their daughter, like if we feel that way, I can't imagine what she feels and like wanting to know why her parents ended up like this. And, you know, it's just sad. It's sad all the way around because both of her parents are now passed away. She's having to deal with that. And then amazingly has found the space for forgiveness and acceptance. And I hope that if anything ever happened to me in that way, I could have half of the bravery that she does because, you know, I don't know if I'd be able to forgive that easily, you know. Yeah, for sure. This was a doozy, John. Well, if we're talking deadbolt test, where does this one fall for you? Seven. All right. Tell me what it is about this one that has a little bit higher. Because normally you're like, I'm a single lady. I'm not in a relationship. I'm not worried about this happening to me. But this one is a little bit higher. So I want to know what it is that's putting it up on the register for you. The fact that he shot her. And, you know, not everybody that gets a bullet to the head dies, you know, they sometimes that ricochets off the skull and it's just there, you know, and people live normal lives with bullets in their skull. But I'm just like the fact that she was still alive is just eerie and sad. And like she was cold in that freezer and can communicate with him. And then he decided to like dismember her instead of just calling 911 then like, dude, the deed was already done. You already like started this path and there's no coming back from it. Regardless if she lived, of course he would have gotten prison time. But uh, I don't know. You don't shoot your wife and then stick her in the freezer. And then, I mean, I guess it's thoughtful that he called 911 once he realized she was alive. And was like, yeah, I still care about her. Well, you didn't think about that when you stuck her in the freezer. Yeah, or left her there for two days. And yeah. I will say and like your child was probably home like we don't know those details but the kid was probably home yeah I think she was older because I didn't hear any mention of of anyone else being in the home I think she was older and wasn't wasn't there but the other thing is I only played a snippet of the 911 call so the whole call is like seven or eight minutes Mm -hmm. and I did link it in the description so if you're someone like me who is like interested in listening to all that you you can find the link in the the sources for this episode but he says in the call, I don't see an exit wound. She's got a hole, you know, giant hole in the side of her temple, but there's no exit. wound. So I think yeah, you're right. Probably that, just bounced off and just is in there. Yeah. It's just sticking around in there somewhere. And mm-hmm. you know, you can't talk, you can't speak. I think that's the scariest thing for me is like, it's the same thing as if you were to go and get surgery and the anesthesia like doesn't work. So you can't say anything. You can feel everything, but you can't say anything. You can't let anybody know. And you're completely aware of what's happening to you. Like, that's Mm -hmm. a big fear of mine. And so I think that kind of plays into that as well. But it's just, yeah, it's horrifying. Where are you putting it? Oh, dude, for me, this is a 10. This is a 10 just, you know, for what I just mentioned. But also, right, like, I like to think that my wife and I have a very healthy relationship. Like, I mean, so did Samantha and the daughter. Exactly. And like, we do things to make sure that our relationship stays healthy. Mm -hmm. 
Y'all do, y'all do seem like y'all have a really healthy relationship. We try. We, we really work on our communication and, and we actively like make it a focus to, you know, make sure that we are in a, in a space that's healthy. And mm-hmm. the idea of just having a bad day, that one really bad day. And so now again, I don't think either one of us is ever capable of anything like this, but I'm sure Samantha, I'm sure Joseph, I'm sure Mackenzie didn't think that their family was capable of it either. So right. again, I think we're fine, but it's just the idea. <laughs> and then again, that being locked. I don't in know that, if y'all are fine. You want to be a, a, a dead pinata. Hey, listen, that's a me thing. And <laughs> my wife is also like, don't do that. So I think she's more fine than I am. But I don't know if you saw, but Angel in the Facebook group, shout out to Angel, asked, hey, hey do you want your family to be arrested for abuse of a corpse? And I just asked, <laughs> is it abuse if I sign up for it? Right. Like, right. I don't know. Legal question. If you're a lawyer or anything like that, listen to the show, chime in, let us know, because I'd really be interested. But but yeah, I didn't know if you had heard of this one. And like I said, I thought it was really interesting, especially because I was living here when it happened lived not too far away and it was never on my radar. So I was like, yeah, I got to talk about crazy. this. I'm surprised that wasn't even really on the news. It must've just been something that was just like swept under the rug. Well, it all happened in one day. You know yeah. I mean, mean, it could even be like a murder suicide type thing, you know? Yeah. Well, that is where we fall in the deadbolt test for this week's case. Olivia is putting it at a seven. Unsurprisingly, I am putting it at a 10, but as always, we want to hear from the locksmiths. Where does the murder of Samantha Parker fall on your deadbolt test? You can let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram at Check the Locks Pod. Find us on Twitter at Check the Locks. And if you're not in our Facebook group, come hang out with us. Let us know. You know, have some of these hard discussions. If you want to become a pinata, is that abuse of a corpse? We want to hear your opinion. Come hang out with us. We'd love to get to know you a little bit better. And as always, if you like Check the Locks, you want to financially support the show, you can do so by becoming a patron. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Check the Locks. Get signed up today. Got a lot of great tiers, a lot of exclusive benefits, T-shirts, coffee mugs, stickers you can't get anywhere else, all for being a patron. Plus, you get the episodes ad-free and a little early. So if you love Check the Locks but you hate commercials, Patreon is the way to go. So again, you want to throw us a couple bones, help us keep the lights on. That's patreon.com forward slash Check the Locks. Get signed up today. And if you can't financially support the show, we definitely understand just listening, hanging out with us every week and sharing what we do with your friends and family means just as much, if not more. So if that is you, you're sharing what we do with the people who are important to you. Just know that that means the world to us. Again, that is how this little show is going to continue to grow, bring in new listeners and more importantly, expand our community. So if that is you, just know that we appreciate you more than we could ever tell you. That is all that we have for this week's case, but please make sure that you are subscribed to Check the Locks on your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. We will see you again next week with a brand new, truly terrifying, bite-sized true crime case. But until then, don't forget to check the locks. See you next week.